Hey, it's Bobby. It's Jared. And we are here at Frankincense Podcast, episode 11, and it is a special Valentine's Day episode. Bobby, will you be my Valentine? Sure, man. Okay. Sure. That's a, you know... That's that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, Jared. There you go. I feel like if we could have, uh, you know, thought ahead and bought the rights, we, we should have started this uh, with off with a little more romantic music, you know? That would have been... I'm going with uh, They Can't Take That Away From Me, um, you know, <laughs> sung by uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. Mm. How much can I'm I get thinking, away with singing before I have to uh, pay? Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't know if we should risk that. The way you wear your hat—that's all I'm giving you. Yeah, so. I was thinking, baby, it's yeah. cold outside. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. Joke that was way too soon. Sorry and also tonight, literally, it's unseasonably warm, so yeah. it's got to be about sixty some outside right now. Yeah, but we didn't come here to talk about the weather. We came here to talk about love. Yes, and. And this this episode um, is going to be primarily led by Jared um, with a couple mm-hmm. conversation pieces from me. But um, I'm excited about this episode because we felt like this is really important. Um, and I, I think honestly, from uh, I'll just say my piece, and then we'll kind of go into what you want to say, Jared, on this. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think that Valentine's Day can be a very um, exciting day for a lot of people. Yeah. But it can be a very painful day for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially for people in the church um, who have been told that, you know, God has someone special for you. Um, who have been told that, you know, you just got to just, just keep praying for that right one. Um, yeah. It's coming. Um, mm-hmm. Those kind of things. And all with good intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but still painful for, for many. Yeah. There's um, a lot of mythology uh, surrounding... Um, you know, getting together with people. I guess before we go into the main part of the conversation, uh, do you think that? Do you think that there's someone for everyone that like that? There's a. I, I mean, there. We're all we're all meant to be in love relationships, uh, you know. But do you think that everyone has like a star-crossed lover? Like there's the one for you, the one because you know we see this a lot in movies. Yeah, uh, it, it seems to come through in music a lot. You mm-hmm. know, like you're the one, and um, we get this idea that like uh, God has this one person. It's going to be your spouse, your mate. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, so, well, let me go back to the first part of the question because you said um, everybody – do you think all of us are involved – supposed to be in what kind of relationships? Or just relationships? Or do you mean like – do you think everybody's supposed to be meant to – I honestly don't remember what I said. But I, I, what, <laughs> I, what I'm talking about is um, do you think that everybody – I mean we're all meant to be in, in love relationships, but – In love but, relationships? But we are. You know, I mean – but uh, you know, but I'm talking about romantic relationships. Like, do you think that there is a romantic partner picked out oh, okay. for everyone? Because that's okay. the misconception. Yeah. Is a lot of people are like, you know, um, and, and you know, the, the whenever someone proposes to somebody down on one knee, it's like from the moment I saw you, I knew <laughs> that you were the one. You know, <laughs> the accent is fantastic for for that. Um, no, yeah, I think yeah. so. I no, I don't. I don't believe that there's a one for for everyone and i believe that the one that you're with is the one that you're, like that is is for you yeah. you know yeah. um that that i don't believe that there is just one for everyone i think that uh that that would be a very poor um understanding of of really what it's supposed to be about you know um i believe that 
God wants um, many of us to be in romantic relationships. I believe that I believe that's something that we can say biblically that yeah, that's there. Yeah. Um, in order to continue to populate the world and, and to um, to have an influence on the world. But I would not say that everybody has a one. And um, but I think that the church has to be better about teaching that and helping people feel okay about that. Yeah. Um, because there there is pain in yeah. that. Um because then you got to wonder, well, why wasn't I meant to be in a relationship, or why wasn't I meant to be with that? And and yeah, and we and I and I'll, I'll speak into that. I think a little bit like it, after, you know after we hear your your piece and, and kind of like you know I'll kind of speak into that a little bit. Um, so yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, no. Okay, so you don't think that you don't think that like when Bobby was born, you know, God said, okay, over here, I got this woman for Bobby. And they're going to meet someday, and that's it. Done deal. Mm. So then that would be me thinking that I understood the full sovereignty of God on that piece. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because... I, I don't I don't know that f- for sure not for 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 me yeah. I would say that yeah I think he probably did for me okay um, because that was mine that was his plan for me see I've met people on the other extreme who say uh, absolutely not in fact any two I've heard somebody say though this is where people are gonna freak out any two Christians should be able to get married I've heard people say that any two yeah. any two Christians yeah no that's not true okay no I would I would say that's completely that's not that's not a fair um, thought in any way, shape, or form, because mm-hmm. that would say that that I would be compatible with with anybody. Yeah, that's a Christian. No, because I because there is an element of do I, I mean there is a physical attraction. Oh yeah, that has yeah. to occur. Mm-hmm. There is a, a mental you know mm-hmm. um, attraction that has to occur. Like do yeah. I can I intellectually have a good conversation with this person? Can I? Yeah. Um, do they get my sense of humor? Or yeah. Do they appreciate my sense of humor? Yeah. Um, Will they be able to handle um, my idiosyncrasies that I have? Can I handle theirs? Like those are the things that we have to be aware of. And so, no, that's not fair to say that if any Christian can be with any Christian. Um, and so I would say that for me, though, God, I think God had a plan for me Yeah. in, in creating Natasha and saying like somewhere down the line they're going to meet each other. Okay. I didn't know that. But that was his plan for me, yeah. um, and I and I'll again I'll speak into why I know it, like why I believe it was his plan for me, yeah. Um, because there's some biblical pieces to that okay. um, as well, and so. But then you know, but there's there's a lot that needs to be weighed out. So so yeah. Anyway, so today though, hey, okay, today <laughs> I, I, we really want to focus on singleness here, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that that's that's something that I don't think we talk about enough. Uh, in the church, uh, thank God for me, and I mean that in the truest sense of thank God, um, that there were people who spoke into me uh, the value of singleness back when I was single. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't want to hear it, but I needed to hear it. You know, yeah. so I, uh, I guess, you know, I, when I was younger. I, it was it was pretty early in my young adulthood. Uh, I'm 41 now, so let's just take you back in time, like 20 some years. Uh, it was pretty early in my uh, 
young adulthood that people around me started to get married. It's because I was military. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're military. You're out there, you know, you're not waiting to finish graduate school, you know, you, military, you know, you hit the ground running when you're 18, you've got a paying job when you're 19, you have huge responsibilities by the time you're 20, and you're even looking at what's the next step for me in life, you know, uh, and I had friends around me getting married at the age of 20, 21, you know, and uh, so that was fine at first, you know, uh, but I, I can't tell you how this, this rubbed me raw one time, but uh, okay, let me just... I'm sitting in a hot tub, all right? I'm sitting in a hot tub with some friends at a party, and I don't remember how, but uh, all of the friends got out of the hot tub except for a recently engaged couple. And, oh my goodness, man, boy, they started to ignore me, Mm. and that got really awkward. I was like, how do I get out of this hot tub without them noticing that I'm just leaving because of them, you know? This is a big kind of, you know, outdoor uh, party situation. But, you know, and I just remember, though, uh, I'm standing up, getting ready to make my way over to the main part of the pool where everybody else is going. And I remember one of them just grabbing his fiance's hand. He goes, when are you going to get married, Jared? When are you going to do this? And he pointed at the uh, engagement ring <laughs> on his fiance's finger and held, you know, held it up out of the water, you know. Yeah. And I felt like I was supposed to answer him, and I don't remember what I said. You know, I, I mean, how, how can you answer the question of when are you going to get married, you yeah. know? Like, I don't know, October third i mean you know like you know <laughs> there's no woman anywhere in my life but i thought well you know um it won't be too long now you know so i'm attending wedding after wedding uh i i've been a groomsman many times you know throughout those years uh always a groomsman never a groom right and uh the weird thing is it started to have this sort of effect on me uh that i did not expect you know it's like that comment right there it like took root for a few years you know it made me feel like uh I was behind, you know, that I was about to miss out on something important, you know. So I'm keeping my eyes open, and I'm getting really concerned with looking for that that one girl, you know. Like, who who am I going to marry, you know. And this is just leading me into a place of, uh, you know, maybe internally desperation. Not desperate as in I'm asking out girls, you know. But this desperation of feeling like, um, you know, I'm going to get to a certain age and there won't be anybody left, you know. <laughs> It'll get to a point where, where all the good ones are taken, so i got to hurry up. So, uh, man, I, the pressure I put on myself, you know, like i got to find that person, you know. i got to find the one. And uh, it really, really started to take a toll. And um, I got to a point where I, I thought – that I needed to find that significant other in order to get on with my life. Mm. You know, yeah. I thought I, I was I was sort of falling in this lie that life doesn't begin until you you know get married, and then then your life begins. You know, so I'd fallen into that, and it sort of became this burden on me. You know, it became this like this this heavy. A burden. It didn't take uh, too many holidays, too many Valentine's days alone. It didn't take too many Christmases alone, you know. And there were times when I spent Christmas alone, you know, yeah. uh, especially one time when it was really heavy on me. Maybe, maybe uh, a, a couple years after, you know, um, the story begins. Uh, you know, I, I ended up one one year. Uh, you know, I'm living a couple thousand miles away from my parents. Uh, no intention of flying home for the holidays uh, because it was hard to do. You know, it was expensive. You know, flights were always getting canceled in the winter. So I decided I'm going to stay in the city 
And I had friends say, well, we're going out of town. Can you dog sit for us? I said, sure. I had some other friends say, well, we're going out of town. Can you cat sit for us? You know, uh, pretty soon I, I find myself left with three empty houses, you know, feeding dogs, feeding cats on a Christmas morning <laughs> and no one to go to. And I thought, man, you know, this would never happen. If I were married and it started a family, you know, see everybody else living their lives, you know. Yeah. And uh, now I would cry about this. Like I would literally cry about this. I would uh, I would talk to, um, you know, um, a mentor I had at the time, a Bible study leader. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say his name because he's a wonderful person. It's Eddie Kratz, you know. And he'd always say, why do you put this pressure on yourself? He'd say, I, I didn't even think about marriage until I was 30. He's like, it didn't even cross my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And truly, you know, he, he got married when he was 30, you know, uh, which I think is where most young people imagine themselves at a time when they w- will be married. But uh, here I am in my mid-20s, and he's telling me I'm putting too much pressure on myself. Now, uh, my married friends would come on. <laughs> And, you know, they would they would read to me, you know, from the book of Corinthians about how it was good uh, not to be married. And I, I think most of our listeners probably know that verse, um, you know, uh, talking about how uh, a man who is married is not concerned with the things of God, but is concerned with pleasing his wife. And, you know, how a woman who is uh, who is uh, not married is, you know, um, concerned with the things of God and not with pleasing her husband. That it was good to remain unmarried, you know? And Paul himself, you know, was unmarried and, you know, he thought that this would be a good thing for devoting yourself to the Lord. And I knew when people read that that I did not want to end up celibate devoting myself to the Lord. You could ask yourself, man, are you are you even a Christian at this point? You know? Right. That you would rather have a wife than have unlimited you know, time serving God. <laughs> and the answer then was, I think I want a wife, <laughs> you know? And uh, that was something, you know? It was something to really admit to myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got into that. And um, then um, here, here's, where I, here's where I have to thank God, you know? Uh, I, 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 did, I did really uh, jump right into serving God, you know? I was like, if this is how it's going to be, then this is how it's going to be, you know? Uh, I, I'm going to work at my church, you know, when I'm not working for the U.S. Air Force, which I was in at the time. I'm going to work for base church. I'm going to go door to door with Zeddy. You know, I'm going to do the things. Uh, and I'm just going to plunge myself into ministry, you know. And so I do this. And at some point throughout that, I heard a couple of things that really turned it around for me. Okay. The first thing was uh, came from Zeddy himself. And he says, I, I know you're worried about this, this fine and wife thing. He says, listen. You just you just start running towards God. That's what you do. You run towards God as fast as you can. And if it's meant to be, one day you're going to look over beside you and there's someone else running towards God right beside you. That's the person you marry. Hmm. And I was like, wow, <clears throat> I that makes sense to me. Yeah. So the focus should not be on finding that mate. The focus should be on God. And then you just let the other stuff happen if it happens. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I said, Zeddy, I'm just going to I'm just going to run straight to God, and uh, I don't care what happens. Even if I uh, even if I never find that that spouse or you know that 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 woman that I can marry. And uh, you know, in this time when I was just going all out, you know, uh, in, in uh, 
doing whatever I can to serve the Lord. You know, I was invited to uh, work at some Christian youth camps, you know. Turned out I was pretty good at that, you know. Um, I was always invited as the skit guy, you know, to be the silly guy uh, for camp. And I, I greatly enjoyed that, you know. And uh, I had some other people come along with me, and we sort of formed a little skit team. And, you know, there was a time when we were sort of a low-key uh, Christian version of Saturday Night Live, <laughs> you know for summer camp and you know and we were really bringing that that fun factor to the camp you know um it wasn't on us to provide any of the you know the preaching or anything we had camp speakers for that you know we were just there being friends with kids and and loving on kids you know and but i i attended a uh, a workshop one day uh led by one of the leaders of the camp and he says i want to talk to these young guys about singleness and and sex and just everything that you can talk about with young high school guys you know and in the middle of it this guy says his name's Chris and he started he started naming these people that we knew in the church in the body of Christ who uh, were single you know uh, men and women you know and he said um, the, he started naming these people I'm not gonna name them now you know but he started naming these people that I knew that the kids knew and he said you know society has told us that there's something wrong with a person getting up in years into a certain age. There's the society tells us that there is something wrong with a person who's who's not married or has never been married by a certain age. And he says, and that is just wrong. He says that's not biblical. He says you look at the way these guys are living. You look at the way these women are living. You know, they're serving God um, full on. And when he said those names and said what they were doing, I realized that if I ended up being like him. Or if I ended up being like her, or if I ended up being like this other guy, I would not be sorry. Hmm. I would not be disappointed with God. You know, I would be I would be honored if I ended up becoming like one of these other single people who were 40, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. I said that I could do that, you know? And that's when I I just got free of it, you know? I got free of that burden, that that pressure, and I realized that, that a lot of that pressure that I was putting on myself was was coming from the world, you know. It's like, you know, I thought I needed the acceptance of a romantic partner, uh, of a wife, you know, to just validate me and what I needed to do was was run towards God. Yeah. You know. And so I guess that's my, you know, that's my message to uh, single people today who are kind of disappointed with, uh, you know, where they're at right now. Yeah. Why hasn't God put me with that person, you know? You know, I don't know that he will. But all I can say is you start running towards him, and if one day you look over to your right or to your left and there's somebody running next to you, maybe that's your maybe that's your partner, that's your spouse, you know? Because yeah. the spouse in the kingdom of God is is not there to fulfill you. Mm-hmm. It's there to be your partner in ministry. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why you refer to Eve as his help meet. Yeah. You know? They're... Mm-hmm. I think that's a common misconception, right? It is. Yeah, and there are different ways to, um, you know, have partners in ministry. There are people who, who do take vows of celibacy, you know, and they end up serving alongside of, of other celibate people, you know, and just full-on, you know, serving the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing, and that's a real thing in the kingdom of God. It mm-hmm. be. Um, so, uh, I gotta tell you, when they read that verse to me about Paul saying it's good to remain unmarried, oh man, I just hated it initially. Later on, you know, I learned to accept it. I learned it like, yeah, it is good, you know? Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a it's a very important thing that needs to be spoken of and and lifted up. I think more in the church. I think that we do put a lot of pressure on mm-hmm. people. Like I, you know, um, when people have been dating for quite some time, it's like yeah. So when are you when are you going to pop that question? It's yeah. like so why put that pressure on them? You know, like let them let them go through the process. Oh, because like, yeah, and it never stops. I mean, you've been through all the stages. Okay, yeah. I am married now, and. Uh, you know, but there were so many years of people saying, "When are you gonna settle down with a nice girl?" And I'm like, "When a nice gonna find a nice girl?" You know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? I can't go to the woman's store and get one. You know what yeah, I mean? It just yeah. doesn't happen, right? Uh, but people, you know, I think uh, a lot of the well-meaning people in your life uh, want want to see you happy, and they imagine that happiness is going to be starting a family. Yeah. That's not true for everyone. No. You know, um, I, I think another thing. Um, I think another thing that happens is uh, people sort of imagine that you, as a young single person, uh, are being immature somehow, and that you have lots of people you could choose from to settle down with, yeah. um, and you're just uh, out there, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. being a player or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, and. Uh, and, and boy, for me that wasn't true. I mean, yeah. there were just years, like literally, no one even on my radar, you know. And that's why I felt like, man, maybe God really has it in for me to like keep me single, you know. But I had to get to a place of acceptance with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, again, remembering that your story and your life doesn't have to play out like everybody else's yeah and 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 i think that we need to speak to parents on this one too because i'm because as a dad your dad you know um i look at my kids and i do talk about them getting married someday you know and but then i also realize like man like i shouldn't put that pressure on them yeah i mean i would love for them to be Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know how much I love, but marriage. can we get to the point as as parents where we look at our kids and we're like, yeah, if if you go for the life of singleness and serving the Lord, I want to be just as happy with that, right? Yeah, like um, just as much as when my when my son asked me the other day, like, Daddy, like, you know, how when will I know what I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, when like job wise, like, when will I know what I'm supposed to be doing for work? And I'm like, dude, you're six. You know, I said, but. I mean, whatever God wants you to do, you'll do. Yeah. You know, but I said, I'm not going to tell you what you're supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. I told him that. I said, I, like, mommy and daddy have no place in telling you what you're supposed to be. Yeah. If you're going to be a police officer, awesome. If you're going to be a lawyer, awesome. If you're going to be a doctor, awesome. If you're going to be a garbage man, awesome. If you're going to be a, a barista somewhere, awesome. You know, like, but whatever it is, as long as you're seeking after God and trusting him in that mix, then yeah. awesome. Yeah. I said, and he's like, well, can I be a pastor? I said, if you want to be, yeah, you know, if that's what you feel godly you do. He's like, well, can I be a police officer and a pastor? And I was like, dude, you could be like, I had to like stress. <laughs> you can be whatever you feel like God is leading you to be. Yeah. But see, then it's like it's funny how we can say that to to our kids, like right. about vocation, vocation. But, but when it yeah. comes to their personal life, it's like you're gonna get married. You're gonna get married because yeah, it, a lot of it's selfish on our part, you know, oh, because yeah. it's like I need grandkids, you know. Listen, I have three kids now, and I love my kids, and I love my five year old, and I love having a little kid around, you know. And I know that I'm going to be the worst empty nester of any dad that's ever been. You know, I'm going to be that annoying dad. This is like calling up my daughter going, hey, you want to talk? And, you know, and, uh, you know, but really this this whole idea of when are you going to give me some some grandbabies, you know, 
a lot of that's for me, you yeah. know. <laughs> a lot yeah. of that's for me, and uh, I can I can disguise it as I just want them to be happy and know the joy of having children. But I mean, I can't make that decision for God. You right. know, I can't make that. You know, and if they become uh, if they can accept singleness and, and serving God, you know, um, that that's a thing that we need to accept as a. A reasonable walk of life and those of us who uh, have been blessed with children need to understand that you know we don't we don't have to be stingy with that you know there are a lot of ways where the single people in your life uh, who have chosen not to have uh, kids uh, or are married and chosen not to have kids or you know God has some other reason that that we can kind of share our kids with them you know what the heck, you know? Um, there are plenty of people in my life, you know, who who are or single or do not have children. I like I would, you know, I, I love just letting them have have time with my kids, you know. There needs to be kind of a a bigger sense of what family is. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, you know, so we're very independent in our culture right now, you know, where you know I can't just like share something with you like i gotta have my own right yeah you know like i gotta have my own phone my own car i can't even share it with someone else in my family right. everybody's got their own phone every member of your family um and we just don't we just don't do that stuff you know where we live but there there really needs to be a bigger sense of community and and what family is you know and we mm-hmm. we sort of do it you know and you know we i mean do, do your kids have uh, people you call aunt or uncle but they're not like mm-hmm. biologically aunt and uncle oh yeah well, it needs to be more of that you mm-hmm. know it needs to be more of that there need to be people at your church and you know um you know these old people don't have grandkids but they always wanted them but guess what you know here's here's a five-year-old that you can play with because he's hilarious you right. know so you know yeah, and a bigger sense of family. So there's there's ways that we married people can be a lot more inclusive, you know. And I think church is great for that, you know. But I'm telling you, if you're single out there and you're feeling that pressure, it's like, man, I get it. You know, I was there. I mean, I I legitimately cried. But uh, you know, I guess at, at heart, I I always sort of sensed that I was meant to be a family man. Uh, but even though I had become uh, accepting of of my singleness and just being cool with if that's where God uh, led me that that's where I was going to go. Uh, I had to I still prayed, you know. I still I still asked God. I was like, if if you know, you know, not my will, but yours be done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and who really encouraged me in this uh, praying that I could, you know, maybe have a wife and family? It was actually the women of the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. you think of all the women of the Bible who there was immense societal pressure and immense personal pressure on them to have a child mm-hmm. you know more than once throughout the bible you know and uh, i think it was a hannah who uh prayed and she she wanted it she wanted a child and uh fell down on her knees and the you know the 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 priest actually saw her praying and like saw her lips moving but no no words were coming out you know uh, but but God heard that prayer and uh, gave her Samuel, you know, which he turned around and dedicated to the Lord, you know. Right. But I thought, you know, God heard that. He didn't say, well, this is silly. I never meant for you to have children, and here you are praying for children, you know. Mm-hmm. He heard that, gave her a child, and Samuel ends up being awesome, you know. Yeah. So there were just plenty of times when I just prayed, and I was like, you know, if I can have a wife and children, you know, I really want that. But again, you know, not not my will, but yours be done. And um, you know, for me, uh, it did happen uh, the way my mentor in Arizona, Zeddy 
said. He said, you know, I was I was running towards God, and I, I was working actually some of those uh, Christian youth camps, you know, and throughout one glorious year. From the end of 2002 to mid-2003, I ended up working three different camps uh, with a person named Albany St. Martin, um, who I just thought, you know, was enchanting. Now, when we met, it wasn't like love at first sight. There was no Romeo and Juliet, star-crossed lovers type thing. You know, it's like, Mm. here's a person in my college-age Bible study, you know. Right. Uh, but there are many people in my college age Bible study. I think uh, I think the first time her story is when she saw me, she thought, "Oh God, don't let him like me." You know. Now, by the way, by the way, that that's I think that's generally the prayer of of a pretty girl because you know, uh, oh my gosh, if a girl's pretty, I mean, people are lining up around mm-hmm. the block, you know, in the figurative sense and and maybe in the literal sense too. And uh, she was very pretty, but. Uh, you know, I, I never it never crossed my mind that this was going to be the person. But I'm telling you, I, I worked with her through one Christian youth camp. Then I was invited back for another Christian youth camp. Then a kids camp. And by the end of the kids camp, like we just knew. Yeah. Like we just knew. And it took about, I don't know, six, seven months or something like that. And then we thought, well, we'll get married eventually. And we were talking to, um, you know, a local worship pastor who had been to all the camps with us. And uh, we said, yeah, we'll probably get married next year. And she said, well, what about October? I don't know when she said this. She says, October weddings are nice. And I'm telling you, her I was there talking with her, uh, <laughs> her and her husband about this. And she goes over to a calendar and she says, what about, uh, what about October? She picks a date in October and says, all you need is six weeks to send out invitations. And you have that. So in a weird way, we said, yeah, that's the date. <laughs> It was every. It was almost like it was weirdly arranged, like an arranged marriage right, by right. God. But I'm not saying I was born, and he said, you know, Albany's the one for him, and one day they're going to meet, and such and such a pattern. You know, I honestly don't know how the sovereignty of God works. I right. don't. Um, it 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 may well be, you know, uh, that that God lets us choose in a lot of those things, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but this one right here in a lot of ways uh felt very much like <clears throat> ar- arranged by him at, and i don't know if it was in response to my prayer but i, I know he heard those prayers you know mm. and you know i'm thankful to have a wife i'm thankful to have uh, children but i you know if it had, if i had forced it some other way uh i can't say that i would you know be in this place of joy that i am now yeah you know I wasn't going to force it. It, it. Over that year, I mean, we actually only knew each other 10 months before we got married. Now we've been married 15 years, you know, yeah. so must be working out. But, um, you know, but in that 10 months, um, you know, it that's just, just when it all happened, you know. And it happened when we were when we were both working in ministry, you know. So um, I guess for clarity's sake, too, yeah. because so prior to your marriage yeah. prior to you meeting Albany were there other relationships that you were in not really no like there was just kind of like I mean no there it was it was the it was the biggest dry spell you ever heard of in terms of you know dating or you know falling for people yeah um, you know I I had uh you know my 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 girlfriend before uh Albany was in high school yeah like 11th and 12th grade you know and uh uh, and then there were just years and years. Man, I knew all, all kinds of women—women women I greatly respected, women that uh, had these really 
uh, close friendships with uh, women I'm still friends with, but we but there was never anything like a, I need to start a family with you. you right, know? right. You know. Yeah, and I think that that that's the that's. I think for for some people it's like, well, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna date people, and then yeah. I'm just fine. And and so so for you, like it was. I'm kind of envious of that to a degree, um, because. Unfortunately for me, like, well, not unfortunately. I'm not going to say that. Not unfortunately. No, because your story no. is your yeah, story. My story it, my it happened story, yes. the way it's supposed Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where, so. like, I look at my relationship with Natasha and I say, like, man, praise God that that he he arranged that, right? Cause, yeah. Because, again, that's the sovereignty of God. Like, he does arrange those elements, right? Like, mm-hmm. now we have to we have to play a part in it. Like, I have yeah. to act upon the, the feelings that he's given me. Like, yeah. if I'm looking at going, like... Okay, I know that I'm attracted to her. I know that I sense that there's, right. but like I'm gonna go and look for something else. Right. Like that's where yeah. I'm gonna like I'm like I'm disobeying to a degree, right? But yeah. and, and so that's a whole thing. But to go to the extreme though, for me, uh, to the other piece for me is that I believe God had someone for me mm-hmm. only because He knew that I could not be alone. I see. Because biblically speaking, that, right? Which, that is, but that, but that was His decision. Yes. Yeah. So and so for me though, it's like I. Like I always had a relationship. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, and I'm not saying that like I was some like stud because that's I have a great I have a, I have a great face for for podcasts, right? Because I can't <laughs> like. But the reality yeah. of it is, though, is that I was like I had other relationships, mm-hmm. and I grew from all those relationships. Like I, and everything yeah. that everything that all the relationships that I had, I yeah. learned something from them. Yeah. Kind of like what I talked about last episode when I talked about yeah. leadership. You know, when you watch a leader, you learn from that leader. Like, yeah. you know, kind of take away the things that weren't good. And, yeah. and But, like, for me, it was like, I, I remember the things that I did poorly. Yeah. And I tried to adjust through every relationship. Because I because that was, I knew that there was elements of, there were elements of myself that I needed to fix. Yeah. And at the same time, there were elements of the relationship that I was learning from the the, the ladies I was, I was with. And just yeah. kind of saying, like... I love this about them, but I don't like this, right? I got you, yeah. I, I mean, and it's, yeah. not, it's not a knock. It's just more like this is just a growing process for me. Well, you were learning about you, you know, yes. in that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. As we do with so many other kinds of relationships, friendships, you know. Right. Family relationships, yeah. yeah. So. But I also, I also felt, too, from this is another piece that I think we put pressure on. And I do kind of I, I hold I hold to this a little bit, but at the same time I, I'm I'm holding it a lot looser. Is the idea of dating towards marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, I was every relationship I was in after I came to know who, after I came to know Christ. Yeah. Because um, before it was like a, I'm gonna be in this relationship. I'm gonna be like what up? But when I was with the, but, but when I was in the relationship after going Christ, it was like I made mistakes, obviously, but at yeah. the same time. I was always in that mindset of, okay, well, this person I'm dating mm-hmm. needs to be someone I'm willing to marry. Right. And so as I was dating them, it's like I was always kind of like, sometimes I think I was a little bit too aggressive in the sense of like, okay, I'm going to marry you. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm going to marry you. Oh, no, I'm not. You know, like. Okay. And it's because, though, I also felt that pressure from the church saying, yeah. if you're with somebody, that's who you're going to marry. Yeah. And so I constantly went towards that direction of like, I'm instantly going to marry this person because I'm dating them. That's, that's, that's the end result. Yeah. And then it never happened. And then now it's like, for me, sometimes I look back and, and, and so, like some of the ladies I have, I have apologized to. Yeah. Because that was my conviction. I felt like I needed to apologize. Yeah. And, and that, again, I think I still hold to that conviction for myself is that I needed to apologize because 
because there were elements of that like where I told like I kind of like yeah I think I kind of bought into that and I told them and then it was like okay no I'm I'm feeling led to go something like another direction kind of thing and I see like, yeah you know and and it's not fair to them and, right. and it, so this is me just kind of like airing my mistakes as a as a as a man as a as a yeah. human being but ultimately though I also know that myself I wasn't strong enough to be alone that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to admit because I knew that if I was if I was going to be alone like I, I know that if I like, I I'm not. Yeah. I can't be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed a helper. Yeah. Like, I needed someone to keep me kind of focused to, because I couldn't, do, I, I couldn't do that on my own. Like, I, and I knew that. And, and that's, and so for me, like, I knew that God was going to bring someone into my life. Yeah. When I didn't know. And, but I also knew that it was inevitable because he knew that I could not be the pastor I need to be. I mm-hmm. could not be the person I need to be. On my own, right? It doesn't mean that I'm weak, right? Because some people say, "Oh, no, that's, you, it's that's, just, that's you being weak." Yeah. It's me saying, like, as a man, I needed someone. Yeah. I was, I was, I was fine on my own. Like, I can, I can handle doing the things on my own. Like, I can, I could, I could be yeah. alone. Yeah. But I couldn't be alone for long. Yeah. And and so because there are the the things about me that. Um, and, and there's a lot like this is an accounting session but at the same time like I know that there are things about my past like as mm-hmm. growing up as a kid you know without a mom without yeah. you know like there were elements of, of that where I think it's carried over and it, that I needed a female presence yeah um, and not to complete me because that's not what it's about either because 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 my completion comes through God mm-hmm. um, but to be my supporter to be my helper someone that i can support someone yeah. that i can encourage because i need that too yeah and and i i just couldn't do that on my own you know yeah. and and so i knew that someone was gonna come and then i meet natasha and she's like a strong woman she's yeah. independent she didn't she didn't need me um but she but she's been she's amazing yeah right and i know she'll let you stay out till 11 o'clock making a podcast seriously so. right um but she's you know she's a great mom yeah. great wife you know great it, and she she ultimately for me is like she's been a strength where i needed strength mm-hmm. and she's and i've been able to be her strength mm-hmm. where she needed strength um fin- yeah. finances right we've talked about that I sucked at finances, man. I could mm-hmm. not handle my own finances. So God brought a woman who had a great mind yeah. around finances, and she has been able to help me understand finances. Like I'm not saying that's the only reason why He brought her in my life, obviously, <laughs> but right. that's a portion of, well, of what is brought in. Yeah, and what you're saying is, he, you know, what, what I'm hearing you say is He didn't put put her into your life to 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 complete you. You just you know said that, but it, it's what I'm hearing is you guys are running side by side in yeah. this ministry because that's what I'm seeing you know mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing out of you guys and you look at you look at the great marriages that are happening they're not fighting against each other you right. know they're standing back to back you know um, defending each other like two Jedi you know <laughs> yeah. you know and and you're you're actually to use a different metaphor but you know you're 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 in this ministry uh, working together and you're both running towards God individually mm-hmm. but side by side right yeah and but my encouragement to those who are mm-hmm. n- who don't have a partner to be fine with that. Yeah. To be fine with that because is 
and it, that's hard. That's easier said than done. But there is a way, and um, and it's you're listen. If you're just feeling like, I, you know, I'm single, um, but everybody is making me feel like there's something wrong with me, or I'm a freak because of it, because I'm I'm getting I'm getting older, and I'm not finding that special someone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that it that is wrong. You know, yeah. that that comes from the world. That does not come from the Bible. That doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. But that's also why we see a rise in these dating apps. Mm-hmm. All these things where, like, people are like, oh, i got to swipe right, swipe left. You know, mm-hmm. like, why? It's because in our minds, we have to have, yeah, we yeah, need that, this. Yeah. Some people do. Some people do need that companionship because of, like I said, like, you might not, you, you need that companionship. Mm-hmm. You need someone. But some people are saying, oh, I need it because everybody else does. Oh, yeah. And so that, that is yeah. so unhealthy. And, well, to, and, to fit in with you know society. And that's that's where we run into troubles. We're yeah. trying to fit in and, yeah. But, again, in the church, when we talk about singleness, we shouldn't talk about it in the sense of someday there will be somebody for you. Oh, right. Yeah. We need to talk about it in the sense of God is enough for you. Right. God is enough. Don't don't think that you have to have somebody. Don't think that you need to have somebody. Don't think that it's going to make you a better person if you if you have somebody. God knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. If he cares yeah. about the 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 birds in the air, he cares about you. Yeah. And he cares about you even more. Like in and, and so if if that's the case, like then then that's where our peace should come from. And I yeah. know again, it's it's it is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But we have to be thinking, and and from a pastoral perspective again, but from a church's perspective, quit putting the pressure on people to find a mate. To, yeah. To to when are you going to get married? Yeah. When are you going to settle down? Yeah. Mind your own business. If you if yes. you're the guy who shows up to your church and you're looking at all the young people going, when are you going to find a nice girl to settle down, dude? Back up. Yeah. <laughs> Back so, up, man. So you need down. to, yeah. You need, you don't know what God has planned for them, right? You, you are know? not God. You don't know where they're going. Yeah, uh, they could end up going to Africa and yeah. meeting somebody there. They can end up, mm-hmm. they can end up dying right after church, right? Like, I mean, that, and I know that's morbid, but the reality mm-hmm. of it is, is that that's a that's a possibility. But if that person was being obedient to God, you know, <laughs> when they did, I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, you know, if you're being obedient to God and in your obedience to God, it, it you know, you, you die. I mean, mm-hmm. because you're being obedient to God. I mean, the point is you're obedient to God, yeah. you know? I, yeah, and I think that's my final piece yeah. in all of this. Um, you might have more to add, but, but I think that where, where I'm standing on this yeah. is that um, if you're single, great. Yeah. If you're not, great. No matter what, though, obey that's God. it. So it's obedience, <laughs> seek, you know. Seek God in all of it mm-hmm. and make sure that you are living your life focused on him. Mm-hmm. If you're in a couple's relationship, don't look at each other as being the ones that complete each other. Oh, don't, no. And we'll be talking about that somewhere down the line with our spouses. We'll, yeah. we'll bring them on. But talking about the idea of saying, like, look, you guys are in a relationship. Awesome. You might be engaged. Awesome. You mm-hmm. might not be engaged. Awesome. But you are individuals mm-hmm. following Christ together. Do it well. Yeah. Don't like, try not to succumb to the temptations of what comes with being together. Trying to get what you need from the other person because that's where the draining happens. You know, that's right. where the fights happen. That's where you know um, your partner is taken away from you. You know, yeah. you're supposed to be. Uh, you know, the idea is like you got this love tank, right? 
but you can't get your you can't get your 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 wife or your husband, uh, whatever you got in your life, um, to fill that love tank. You know, wh- where you get that from? You get that from God, mm-hmm. and then you give that to everybody else. You know, I had a friend one time. As soon as he became engaged, you know, like I said, I told you in my early twenties, all my friends were getting engaged, and I had a friend that uh, got engaged to a girl from back home. You know, he was living out in Luke Air Force Base uh, with me, and he had a girl from his his home state of Michigan, and she was going to come out and marry him, and they'd known each other in high school. And they were, and you know, um, my Bible study leaders that he was talking about, you know, love, and he says, you know, I want to hold some of that back. Because this guy thought he had a finite supply of love. He's like, I just can't love God with all my – at least he's being honest about this. He said, I can't love God with all my heart, with all my mind. I can't, you know, go around and love my enemies. I got to save some of that back because I got a fiancé. He was like, I got to love my fiancé, you know. And poor guy thought he had a finite – but listen, if your love comes from God, then do you have a finite supply of love? No, you have an infinite supply of God's love. You know, if God wants to pour that into you, yeah, you get filled up with that, and yeah, you, you you just you just give it to everybody else. You know, yeah. and I mean that's that's what we're meant to do. I by the way, what movie was it where they said you complete me? Was that Jerry, Jerry Maguire? Maguire yeah. Okay, because I can't. I always forget it's Jerry Maguire because all I can see is Doctor Evil saying it to Mini Me. <laughs> <laughs> In Austin Powers too, yes. you know, yeah. he did say that to Mini Me. You did. complete me, yeah, he's like, Mini um, me, you complete me, right? Uh, but I think a lot of us uh, see stuff like that or hear stuff like that kind of sticks with us, you know. But I'm telling you, that other human is not meant to complete you. I mean, you know, they're they're a partner with you. Now, Bobby, I thank you for sharing your story because uh, what I want everybody to know is everybody's story is going to look so different, you know. I, you know, read the story of Ruth and Boaz. You know, mm-hmm. in the book of Ruth, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Ruth's Ruth's husband had died, you know, um, and you know, this was a story of what I'm convinced is just true and beautiful love, but it didn't happen in any way, you know, that that looks like your uh, typical uh, Hollywood love story, you know, mm-hmm. and there are just many like that, um, so. Man, I think I think that's about that's about where I am in all this. But moral of that story for me is, you know, run towards God and just just ignore it for a while, you know. And um, God knows what you need. Yeah, you know. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, yeah. praise, praise God no matter what, right? I mean, like yeah. that's the thing. We, it, I think that's the hardest part, but I think that's yeah. the most essential part. Yeah. Is praising God in in the in those in in the in between times, right? Mm-hmm. And and if it becomes a permanent thing, you still praise God. And, Absolutely, and you just seek Him for that peace. That yeah. seek Him for that, because because the cr- the crying probably stopped at some point. I mean, right? I mean, like for me, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it got to a point where you know I I understood, and um, you know, and I, I still wanted I still wanted to find. That uh, you know, I still wanted a, I still wanted a wife eventually, um, but but I quit crying about it, you know, yeah. um, because I got to the point where you know I needed to praise God and uh, you know and also understanding that that God respected me and 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 what I needed, you know. I mean, He made me so, you know. If you're if you were alone on Valentine's Day, um, you know, praise God. I mean, He understands. He understands what you need, and he actually cares about that. Yeah. So if you need something, talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Try to stay away from the sappy love movies while you're while you're trying to figure this out. <laughs> you know what? 
It just sets you up for false stuff, man. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're fun, but mm-hmm. not on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, like, just, just remember that, that those movies are based on, on fantasy and, um, yeah. you know, imagination and, um, you know, you, the notebook, like, that's not gonna happen for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna end up dying on the, at the same time. You know, is like, that what happens in the notebook? Oh yeah, spoiler alert! But hey, it's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's way too old. I don't know yeah, I'm gonna say how long have I had to watch that movie? Yeah, and if you're if you're going, oh, you ruined the notebook for me, like, dude, come on, like it's been out for That's like saying like, you you ruined Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Like yeah. you haven't seen it yet? Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like, oh wait, Gone with the Wind. You're telling me <laughs> you're doing Gone um, with the Wind. What happens at the end of Wizard of Oz? Is it really a wizard? I don't. <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> You've, no, you've seen it. Please oh, I've seen, okay. dude, I'm like, sick of that okay, movie. Okay, good. I was like, wait oh. a second, please tell you. In that. every way, shape, and form, I've done okay. the play. Forget about it. I'm yeah. done. So. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. I think that um, you know, we just want to encourage yeah. the singles out there. Please don't mm-hmm. don't be defeated. Don't yeah. feel defeated, and don't allow the church to make you feel defeated because that is not at all the heart of God. That mm-hmm. is not at all how Jesus works. Um, you know, your life is your life, and don't let anybody tell you that you need to be married by a certain time. You need to you need to be settled down by a certain time because they're not God. Seek Him, trust yeah. Him, walk with Him, and just do what He leads you to do. Hundred percent. And I got a rest song recommendation for you uh, for my single friends. Uh, listen to Jamila Woods, uh, "Holy." Yeah. Song about being single, and uh, I wish uh, I wish I had known about it back in the day when I was single, and and um, you know shedding those tears. Uh, something like this would have encouraged me. Yeah. So there'll be a link to that in the show notes, I believe. So Woo. okay. Um, so with that though, um, yeah, I think we're done with this. Uh, Jared, thank you for your encouraging story <laughs> and for the words that you shared and um i just hope that this does encourage people who are single um in this time to to be that way but also hope it encourages people who are in the church to kind of be more wise about how we speak to people who yeah. are single. let's start accepting different walks of life especially when the bible says those walks of life are good yes amen well with that we thank you for listening again if you like what you're hearing subscribe rate leave a comment it is very encouraging to us when we receive those things yeah um and uh again we just hope that you have a hey happy valentine's day people um whether you're single or not happy valentine's day happy valentine's day eat some chocolate enjoy some food get a good drink and just if you're single don't watch a little movie watch Jurassic park or something (laughs) um anyway yeah watch austin powers yeah watch austin powers (laughs) All right, well, hey, thanks for listening. This is the Frankincense Podcast. This is Bobby. This is Jared. And uh, thanks for listening. Love you. Bye, guys.